So I want to talk to you about your destiny. I want to talk to you about your purpose in life. I want to talk to you about the race that God has called you to run. I want to talk about God's plan for your life. I want to talk about who you are. Now, a lot of times, um, I, you know, I keep my, every sermon I've ever done, I have, um, Doris started it for me many years ago, but every sermon I've ever done since I got out of Bible school, um, I have in a Word document that Doris started umpteen years ago. It is big. It's, it's a big one. I have, I have books that um, I do that, um, Doris, we hit Z. We're on AA. Uh, we're on double A. So I have those all. Those are in a, a fireproof um, cabinet. Um, even though I have them, I'm still very old school. I wrote those because I prepare my sermons a certain way. And um, that's the final draft. Uh, people have tried to get me to do it on a computer, but it doesn't work the same. So I have people who do that now to keep them. But um, as I've been looking through my stuff, I preach a lot, of course, on faith, authority of the believer, and how to be led. But I was surprised at how much I teach on this subject, um, both here and especially when I deal with ministers. Now, this subject, a lot of people in the body of Christ think this subject is for ministers only. Because they, everybody thinks a minister ought to, uh, their steps are ordered of God. Everybody thinks a minister ought to obey God. Everybody thinks a minister ought to find their route in life and obey God. And everybody thinks a minister ought to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So that's about 5% of the body of Christ. What about the rest of you? See, this is not a minister's message. This is a body of Christ's message. And it is one of the biggest problems in the body of Christ now is everybody is wandering, doing what they want to do, asking God to bless it. I've got my opinions. I've got my, the Bible says to work out your salvation. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with you getting to decide. This is a pretty clear book. It's pretty precise. It's so precise and so good. And so really, the deal is this, your dream, your destiny, your purpose, the plan God has for you is not your decision. It is your discovery. And I don't care if you're 80 or you're five. It is never too early to think about standing before the judgment seat of Christ. Because, you know, in our circle especially, you know, how many know God want your salvation? How many know God wants you healed? Amen. Does he want you blessed? Yes. Does he want you to live a long, happy life yes. full of peace? But the gospel is not just you using God to have your best life now. Amen. <coughs> Somehow this has gotten askew. God, your purpose is to give me my best life. That's not it. <laughs> Will God give you, the only best life you can ever have is in God. But there's a whole lot to say God's side of the covenant. But if you're in a covenant, there's your side of the covenant. I teach you a lot about the authority of the believer. How many of you know you resist the devil and he has to flee? Only after you submit. Only after you're doing what he told you to do. The reason that a lot of people are frustrated, the reason there's a lot of things going on in people's lives is they're not on course. 
Now, I know I'm talking to you on Wednesday night, and I know every one of you are on course. So I'm just going to give you this so that you can help everybody else. And we're going to see if people are serious about this because um, um, I believe the Holy Ghost spoke to me some things about this. And we're going to just really take our time, you know, like I did on faith. I've taught faith for, for 30 years, but the Wednesday night faith thing I did was really some of the most revelation I've ever had. When it would come out of my mouth, I'd be like, that is so good. I'm going to put that in practice. And I'm expecting the same thing. And I know we're getting started early, and there's going to be a review and review, but this is so important, I believe, to the heart of God for you to walk in everything that God has for you. And listen to me, does God want you to live a long life, whether you believe it's 80 or 120 years? Whether you believe it's 80 or 120 years, James still says it's a vapor, a mist, that lasts for a little while. Well, why is God, 120 years is a long time. 80 years is a good life. Pick somewhere in the middle of there that you want to live to and get everything done that you want done. Don't leave this planet until you're done. Amen. Amen. And you don't have to leave with sickness or disease. But you are leaving. Is there anybody around from 1700s? Do you know anybody alive? Why? They all dead. Do you know anybody born in 1810? Why? They all dead. Pastor Mark, I am not excited. I came to church on Wednesday night. The point is, I talked to you about Jesus soon coming king. If he doesn't come back, One day, when you've lived a very long, healthy, prosperous life, and you did everything you're supposed to do, you're going to die. Amen, that's right. I'm getting looks like, move on. And it's not because I'm about to be 60 that I'm preaching on this. I've I've lived half of my life, or something, I haven't decided yet, um, but I'm telling you, no matter what, it's a vapor. Amen. And you have to think about, we should teach people to start thinking about the judgment seat of Christ when they're like five years old, right after they get born again. Because, you know, and you've heard me say this a lot. I don't think as parents, we should tell our children, baby, you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. Because being anything you want to be is about you. You need to discover what God has ordained you to be. And what do we know? Well, we know this, um, that when we were in our mother's womb, when we were conceived, the Bible says, he said, Jeremiah, Paul talks about it, other prophets talk about it, that God knew you in your mother's womb. And I say it this way, I say this a lot to uh, to ministers, but it's the truth about everybody. Before you did anything right or wrong, God ordained a life for you. Now, everyone in the womb is not called to the fivefold ministry. So he's not just dealing with 5% of belief. Where are you picking out 5%? It's just out of the air. Just knowing what I know about being in the ministry for this long, about what percentage of the body of Christ is called. 
to a five-fold ministry. It's very small. And many are called and only few are chosen. So what about the rest of the folk? They just get off. They can do whatever they want. You know, and I know in our circles, a lot of people say, well, the Lord promised to bless everything I put my hand to. Well, no, no, no. You've got to go to the top of that verse, that portion of Scripture. He said, if you will hearken diligently unto the hearken, hear and hearken means hear and do. It doesn't just mean I get to decide what I want to do. I'll put my hand to something and the Lord's required to bless it. He's not required to bless any of your stuff. None of it. Well, I just believe. Chapter, verse. You can't just believe whatever, what you want to believe. Everybody good? I'm talking to the right people. You are serious about hearing well done. If you're here tonight, I know you're serious about hearing well done. So it's just a little tweaking. In my career, in my business, in my family, am I doing what the, serving God, am I doing what he told me to do? Because listen, now, I don't want to open up some stuff, but I believe it this way, it, Say so. I believe it, so I can't really prove this scripturally, but God should be number one in your life. What he is asking you to do should be number two in your life. Your spouse should be number three in your life. Your children, number four in your life. And then if you, whatever you do to make money should be number five in your life. Now, a lot of people, Pastor Rhonda teaches a little different way, and we're not really in disagreement because if you listen to us both out, we say the same thing only a little different way. I believe if you'll do what God told you to do, he'll never do anything to harm your spouse and he'll never do anything to harm your children. That's right, amen. Why people rearrange that is because there are some people in the name of ministry mess their spouse over, mess their children over and call it ministry and call it God. It doesn't matter what happens to my spouse. It doesn't matter what happened to my children. And, it, you know, if you've ever seen that in your life, that's not God's order. That's right. That's not God's order. He would never tell a minister to do something that would mess over uh, a teenager, his child. Are you with me? But I, say, but I think if you do it, just think with me this way, though. But if God is number one in my life, and even if I'm not called to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, but what am I supposed to be doing for God? He likens us to the body of Christ. And even though there's a couple things in your body... What does the appendix do? Um, I don't know what else. You know, you can take some things out and still live. I mean, you can take a lung out and still live, just not real well. You can get along with one leg and lose the other one and still do all right. One eye, one nostril, you know, whatever. But to really do it, um, every part of the body of Christ is essential. And there's no bystanders. There's no one in this room, I don't care how old you are, how long you've been serving God and what you've done all your life, you know, well, I'm going to retire from serving in the body of Christ. No, I'm sorry. I don't know where you read that. You don't get, you're you're just getting good enough to be used. I've been in the ministry 30 years. Pastor Ron and I talk about this all the time. We're just now getting valuable. So there's, no, I'm not going to exit off. I'm not going to ride in the sunset. We're not going to go to Cracker Barrel and get a bunch of rocking chairs. 
and rock the rest of our life away. No, we got stuff to do. There's people to reach. There's people to serve. There's people to get born again. Come on, there's somebody to help. What is your portion? What is your part? When you were in your mother's womb, I don't care how you got there. On purpose, by accident, God knew you. And he had a plan for you. So what is our purpose? What is our destiny? What is our plan? Well, let me just throw these. uh, What's the race that God has for us to run for him? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. And NLT. Don't you realize that in a race, everybody runs? So listen to me. Once you got born again, you don't have a choice. You got to run your race. I I didn't sign up for that, Pastor Mark. I signed up for heaven. I I signed up to go to heaven. Well, you didn't know you should have read everything. Well, it's like LaJoyce tells me all the time when she gives me something to read, and I don't read it, I just sign it. She's told me one day, I'm going to own your house. She wouldn't do that to me. She loves me too much. Anyway, um, <clears throat> but there is, do you all agree? Everyone runs the race. But only one person gets the prize. So you're going to run. So if you're going to run, you might as well win the prize. Now, some of you don't know this about me, but the reason I don't play a whole lot of games is because uh, the mark before Jesus was, uh, he just can't lose. If I can't win, I'm not playing. And that's just the way I am. And so I don't play a lot of games today because I'm not always the best um, example when I lose. But she don't want to be smiling. You're kind of like that too. But, um, <laughs> So Pastor Ron and I, when we, we rarely do it anymore, but we used to play cards some with our pastor's friend. They'd want to divide up husbands and wives. We're like, no, we can't do that. We have to be on the same team because uh, we sleep in the same bed. Hallelujah. And, uh, that's not, and so we're just, you know, no, we can't do that. We have to be on the same team. Uh, so, but I'm just saying, though, we ha- I, I need you to get the attitude of I'm going to run my race with God to win. And that's so many things, victory in life, health and healing, prosperity. But the real win, the real win is well done. What do I give Jesus who gave me everything? A tithe? Yeah, I'm supposed to. Um, Sharing, yeah, with people and yeah. But the ultimate thing you can give the Lord is your obedience on the earth. The thing he wants to do, and all of us are going to stand there at the judgment seat. And he's going to ask you a question. Did you do what I asked you to do? And you start making a, a litany of what you think are good excuses. But I guarantee you, none of them will fly. I know the Lord told me one time, I was, he was telling me something to do. 
And I was, I know you've never done this, but I was giving him a list of why it couldn't be done. I was telling him, this is why we shouldn't do it now. This is this, this is this. And he just interrupted me. And you know what he said to me? He said, Mark, I was like, oh, we're in trouble. (laughs) Mark, he said, do you know what an excuse is? Well, I knew I didn't, even if I did. He said, an excuse is nothing more than an excuse. Stop it. Well, but, 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 get off your butt, unless it's but God. You have to run. What are you waiting on? Everything to get perfect? Well, that's, that's out. Well, I need it. You know, I can't serve God if my family's a mess. No, it's not true. I can't serve God if I'm not perfect. That's not true. I can't, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. You got to run. You got to run your race. Everybody runs. Y'all with me? Every, say, I, I, say I, I, I will run. What? And make sure what? Now I'm going to run so I can get the prize. What is the prize? A crown on my head that one day I get to put at Jesus' feet. Amen. So we're just going to work through all this, and we're going to just take our time. Uh, scripture you know, but want to put it up. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Amplified Classic. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. Do I got anybody born again in here? Amen. Created in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do. We all know this. Good works don't get you brownie points with God as far as your salvation. So we don't work to, we don't do things so that we can be, make heaven. No, we make heaven because we believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead. So I remember one time we were walking either in Alabama or Tennessee. It's still up for debate. Um, I have some of you heard this story, but Pastor Ron and I, we just first got married. And so we didn't have any money to spend. So we would go to free places and we were walking through some woods up and down some hills. And there was this couple that were older, probably our age now, but they were older than us. And uh, it would, every time we got up to them to chat, the Holy Ghost kept saying to me, uh, I, want, I want you to talk to him. I want you to minister to him. And so the first time, you know, and this is when I first started out, um, I wasn't real, I was good at behind the pulpit, but I wasn't good in one-on-one, so I didn't do it. Most of you heard this, but, but it becomes up, this is, it's a big thing, so that everybody in the room knows, or everybody who's listening knows that, the, uh, that I'm not talking about works, so I didn't do it, and then so the second time, I didn't get to it, and the third time, I didn't get to it, and I, then the Lord got mad at me, and then I said, well, Lord, if you let, arrange it one more time, so there was a, a restroom kind of thing there, and so we got up there, and so I started talking to him about it about we worked the conversation around he was from Birmingham and and so anyway uh and this is what he I, we got around the conversation he said well I hope I've done enough good works I hope and he said I hope my good outweighs my bad and he'll let me in and he must have been in his mid-70s and uh and anyway so I know what not born again not born again so then I talked to him about Jesus. We prayed together. He accepted Jesus as Savior. And then I tell him, this is the funny end of the story. Then he offered me a job. He uh, was on the search committee of a huge church in Birmingham, Alabama, for a church. And he offered me a job. And I said, I don't know that they would like me probably there. 
I'll stick with where I'm at. A not born again man who believed that works were going to get him into heaven was on his way to hell. Good works are not what gets you born again. But after you get born again, you ought to be doing them. Is that clear? It's very clear. So you were ordained, created in Christ Jesus, born new, that we need to do those good works, which God predestined. So he predestined you, your plan. He predestined the things you were to do when you were in your mother's womb before you did anything right or did anything wrong. They're predestined. They're, they're planned before. Do you believe in predestination? I do in this way that God predestined for me who I was to be. When I was in my mother's womb, I didn't really have a choice. I had a discovery to find. And at the first part of my life, I was way off from where I wanted to be, even though there were clues. Even though there were clues. But because I was backslidden and away from God, I wasn't going that direction. But God had predestined for me to do. He planned before it for taking paths which he prepared. So, so this is the deal. There's the path that God has prepared, but there's another path. Narrow is the way of the Lord. Wide is the path unto destruction. The psalmist said, my mouth has kept me off of the path of the destroyer. There's a righteous path. There's a path of light. There's also a path of darkness, a path of destruction. And born-again believers, spirit-filled ones, uh, tongue-talking, confessing uh, people can be on the wrong path at seasons in their life. And fighting giants, they were never ordained to fight. There are some fights, listen to me by the Holy Ghost, there are some fights in your life you're ordained to fight. David was ordained to fight Goliath. There are some fights. Paul, the apostle Paul, he had some fights in his life, but they were fights of faith and he always won. But there are fights that if you're out of the will of God doing your own thing, you're going to come against things that you were never supposed to, to fight. I'm not saying you can't win, but you have to get back on the path of the righteous. You have to get back on course. Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. And then resist the devil. Well, how do I know? Oh, it's not that hard to figure out. Come on, there's all kinds of battles. Right? There's all kinds of battles. Jonah's battle, you know, uh, he, he, he was disobedient. But how do you get out of those battles? You repent. Praise the Lord. We have paths prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. Live in, oh, I like this one. Do you all like living the good life? Does God want you to live a good life? Has he prepared a good life for you? Is it exceeding abundantly above everything you could ever ask, think, hope, dream, or imagine? In God, the highest and the best. There's a good life. So in that respect, you know, I'm not using God to have my best life now. I'm obeying him and he's prepared my best life now. It's different. I'm obeying him. I'm following him. I'm doing what he asked me to do. I go where he wants me to go. I do what he wants me. What you ought to say, if the Lord wills, I'll do this, I'll do that. Right? So he, has, he, has he got a good life for you? Is it prepared for you? 
Yeah, but I hear somebody. Oh, yeah, but Pastor Mark, I, I messed mine up. I'm just trying to get to the end. Well, that's just silly. I'll just say it the way it came up. That's just stupid. I didn't call you stupid. I said that thought's stupid because that's from the devil. I don't care if you're 70. I don't care if you're 45 and the first 45 were horrendous. You can repent, get in the will of God, and he can make the next 45 the best you've ever had. Amen. Amen. He can. He planned for you to have a good life, and he prearranged it. He prearranged it. God didn't prearrange you to have a bad life. He didn't want your life to stink. He didn't want you to have struggle after struggle. I'm just trying to, you know, one struggle, then another struggle. Well, I, you know, there are things in life, there are giants that come along, but if you're submitted to God, you ought to be able to remove those mountains in the name of Jesus. But, but if you, so you got, what do you got to do? So you got to, first of all, realize I got to run my race. Second of all, you got to rearrange, you got to realize it's prearranged. You got to realize it's prearranged. And no one can run your race. Don't let mama and daddy try to run your race. Put what they think you ought to be doing. Pastor Ron and I both had to do this. And I think it's worked out really good. We had to get to the place, you know, where... um, We had to obey God fully and completely, and then that was the best thing for our families. Um, A lot of people will have a lot of opinions on what you should do, but God is the only one who knows. And he's not going to do anything to hurt you, your family, those you care about. As a matter of fact, if you fully and completely obey him, it'll bless them. It will bless them. Even if they don't understand it. Even if they don't get it. Because it's a prearranged course. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 12.1. Let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. And let us run. And let us run the race that is set. So I'm just kind of drilling down on the set part. The prearranged part. You know, as parents, you have to be very careful not to be Holy Ghost for your children. The Bible does say we're to take them like arrows and aim them. But you can't live their life. And all you can do is aim them. Um... You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, <laughs> oh man, it's going to make me look bad, Lord. Let's move on. Um, I was pretty smart in school. I did well. I was an AB student. Um, Destiny, close your ears. My daughter, on the other hand, was as smart as her mother and had my work ethic. And so she, can make straight A, she could make straight A's just like, 
And um, I had to watch. I pushed sometimes too hard. Because if she made a 95, I wanted her to make a 99. One time she made a 99, I asked her why. And she told me I missed one question, basically, shut up. Um, and then she got good. She's like, well, how did you do? So sometimes as a parent, I'm making a point. Thank you. I'm making a point. Sometimes when you couldn't do something that was your dream as a parent, you push. They don't have to be the star running back. They don't have to be the the pretty ballerina. They need to discover who they are, and you as a parent need to steer. Now, there's sometimes they don't know what they're called to be, and God has told you what they need to be. And so you steer harder. But you got to be very careful that you don't try to turn them into and anybody around you, your spouse, friends, everything. Isn't it amazing? The Lord's really helping me out here. I'm just doing a general flyover here. Um, When the Lord's dealing with you about something, then suddenly now he's dealing with all your friends about it, you think. The Lord's with, you uh, you know, the Lord told you, not to go to Starbucks anymore. So now your friend group can't go anymore. <laughs> he didn't tell them that. He told you to, you know, do a certain thing. He told you to wake up. You know, uh, he told you to fast and pray. You know, he told you to fast and pray, you know, so you don't call a fast in your family. <laughs> and then be mad when they don't do it. But because, because... But they don't have the grace to do it because he called you to do it. And pastors have to really watch that. And you can watch. Don't do it with me because I don't want you to know. But, um, you know, when God's dealing with them about something, they really harp on things. Because out of the abundance of their heart, what God's dealing with them about, it overflows on everybody. So you got to listen. You got to be careful. Listen uh, to people. Make sure it's the word and not opinion. Are you with me? It's really important for where we're going, for the goodness, the green pasture that God has for us, that you understand your steps are ordered. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What is that? A walk. And yeah, there's stuff going on, but I have a shepherd whose rod and whose staff that that guides me. And if I'm the little sheep, he get his little rod out and he'll slap me upside the head and get me back online because I didn't know I was about to go over a cliff. It comforts me. It guides me. Where am I going? I'm going to green pastures and still waters. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, that came out a little earlier, but I'm telling you, there's some real green pastures. There's some real green pastures up ahead. Woo! No, there's some real green pastures, but it's not for everybody. It's just those that are going to be walking in the steps that God has ordained for them. And unfortunately, you know, we can have this in our heart and I do. I want everybody to get there, but all we can do is do it in front of them, be an example and make them want to do it too. Let our light shine. Amen. Amen. Everybody's got to run the race the path, the journey that God set before us. Um, the Bible says this, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a different place in my notes. Um, let's look at Psalms 37, 23. 
It's a little bit later in my notes. Psalms 37, 23. We'll do the Amplified Classic. The steps of a good man. You could say the steps of a righteous man. Are you all righteous? Because you're born again. So the steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered, King James says, directed and established. Ordered means direct. he established them. They're laid out in front of you. When he delights in his way and he busies himself about every step. The steps are direct to the Lord. And when you delight in the Lord and then he delights in your way. When you delight yourself in the Lord, he gives you what? The desires of your heart. Right? You know, you remember that Psalms? It's in the same Psalms. If you delight yourself in the Lord, what does he do? He gives you the desires of your heart. And people think, well, that means, you know, I delight myself in the Lord and he gives me a, a, a Mercedes. I delight myself in the Lord and he gives me, um, you know, a whatever. I delight myself in the Lord and he gives me the desire of my heart. Well, I think really, if you look at it and study through the scripture, that the Lord, has, it has more to do with his plans and purposes. The desires, so the desires of his heart, he puts it, as you, as you delight in him, he puts those in your heart. And then he brings those desires to pass. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires. And then those desires are in line with his desires. And I'll just tell you this, there's anything time you walk in the perfect plan and the will of God, the steps of the Lord, it's always good. It's not always without challenge. Because that's what some people think. Well, I'm obeying God and, you know, but it's kind of like the promised land. It's kind of like, you know, uh, the children of Israel. You know, um, uh, Canaan land is not a type of heaven. It's a type of our walk on the earth. Because there's no giants in heaven. There's no walled cities in heaven. There's no land to take in heaven. But here on the earth... The perfect will and plan of God, they had to get rid of the walled cities. They had to get rid of the giants. And also, God drove the inhabitants out little by little so they could hold the land. That's what he wants for your life. That's what he's got planned for you. He's directed your steps. He's planned your steps. He's ordered your steps. And if you delight in him, he'll download into you. Oh, I, I, it's just because of who we are, but, but in this room even tonight, there's some of you with businesses on the inside of you. When you, were, or when you were in your mother's womb, God ordained a business inside of you. And so when you delight yourself in the Lord, that gets stronger. And sometimes because you just don't know how to make it happen, because, you know, you've heard the stories of, well, you know, this is not the right time to start a business, or what if it fails? Well, what if it succeeds? What, what, you know, um, I, I just don't know. I don't know. But if it's always in there, then you do know. What keeps you from it? Fear? Lack of money? Lack of everybody saying it's going to be all right? You got 10 people telling you no? Well, glory to God, if I'd have done that, uh, there would be no Cornerstone Word of Life Church. Because I didn't have any money. I had $900. And a car that was falling apart. 
I had no people. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open up. There were no people. Didn't know anybody. Started in November. Looking back, this is a stupid time to start a church. It's just stupid. November? People are beginning, I've, I've done this for 30 years. November, people start thinking of Thanksgiving and trailing off their church attendances. Not as great as it used to be. And then you run into December. And then, you know, I, I wasn't thinking. I was just trying to obey. Just trying to obey. I had, I had, I had more than 10 people tell me I was nuts. More than 10. Before I started, after I started, well into when I started. But you see, you have to get to the place where no matter what it is, your career, your career, whatever, maybe that's all, maybe that's what it is. Your, your God, when you were in your mother's womb, he made you a teacher in a public school. Uh, you're in your mother's womb, he made you an engineer. He made you a rocket scientist. He made you someone who was to be in the military. It's, it, you've got to look at it as part of a call. Well, I don't think working at McDonald's is a call. I would beg to differ with you. There's th- even seasons in your life where he puts things in you that you need. There is no job that is, that is belittling. There's no place that God can't train you. There's no job that God can't gift you what you need. Most of, a lot of what I do in, in church right now has, I had, you know, a really good accounting degree. I was really good at it. But the Lord made me, while I was at Ramah, he made me work at McDonald's. I'm not going to go into the story, but it really did what he said it would do. How do you know he's smarter than I am? What, whatever you're doing, I want to encourage somebody tonight. Even if you've been doing something 10 years, 15 years, and you know it was God, it didn't work out quite like you thought it should. Don't let go of your faith. One deal, one brilliant idea, one, if you're in a career, one, uh, one brilliant idea, one, I mean, you just, just obey God. Just obey one divine encounter with the right person. Natural stuff. Joseph and Mary. Joseph had to go pay some taxes. Taxes are not spiritual. They're annoying. And as an accountant, I hated them. But everybody had to pay him. Isn't it interesting that God knew that Joseph would have to go to Bethlehem? To pay taxes. And it was prophesied. You don't even know. Your normal, just routine. Peter and John. Just on their way to pray. And suddenly there was a man. Who sat there every day. But this day was different. Silver and gold have I none. Such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus rise up and walk. Just doing what you do. But if you're doing what God told you to do, then you can expect the unexpected. 
in the middle of the mundane, in the middle of just whatever. Um, you know, when I first started, I just did not know because, you know, people stayed away by the thousands and I just didn't know how, so I worked at uh, McRae's. Most of you don't know what McRae's is anymore, but it's like a Dillard's uh, back in the day. And so um, when I was an itinerant minister, I worked at a place called Backrack and sold men's suits. And so I was a traveling itinerant minister um, who looked like um, a walking mannequin because we had to wear um, all their products and stuff, and they were very expensive. And so I was going to all these little churches, and so everybody thought, he's rich, and so I never got any offerings. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but that's the only clothes I had to wear. But anyway, and so um, when I moved down here, um, you know, I had to get a job. And so I got a job at McRae's. And so the church wasn't growing and so I just decided to begin to minister to people. Now, I, I couldn't preach to people while I'm trying to sell them clothes. But I became like the pastor on staff. So anytime anybody had a problem, the store manager would come get me so I could come pray for some people. And I really did. I tell this story all the time. But I, uh, when I first moved here, uh, somebody gave me a local TV show. And so I'd preach on it. And so one time I felt, I think I just told this not very long ago, I, I felt led to sing on it. And I got to work the next day. And they were like, I had two people say, don't do that. <laughs> just preach. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're watching. And so, um, but anyway, um, but I, um, you, some of you don't know him. Most of you do know him. Uh, Mark Lanier, who was one of our first church members, uh, his, uh, they should be here in March uh, when the Hagans come, because uh, David and Jillian are um, part of the band now. But uh, I met Mark at McRae's. And a few people who started attending the church at the storefront after I would sell them their clothes and like, what are you doing from here? You don't sound like you're from here. What are you doing here? And so I, then I could say, well, I pastor a church. Well, what kind of church? Now I had a lot of promises. I'll see you Sunday. They didn't, most of them didn't come. They're just like, get their stuff and get out. But I had a few come. Everywhere I'm at, everywhere you're at, just be who you are. Even your jobs, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, the Lord taught me these things. Um, when I worked at the Backrex, the, the expensive men's clothing store, I made commission. I didn't make an hourly rate, I made commission. It was the high-end stuff, so they wanted you to sell. And so um, um, let's just say I was starving because I wasn't a good salesman. I'm not pushy. And then, you know, I'm a, you know, and then they rank you every week. Well, the competitive nature in me, ooh, that was tough. He's number nine. He's number 10. He's number seven. Ooh, good week. Um, you know, down at the bottom. And so even where you're at, the Lord can train you. And he said, basically, what are you called to do? Well, I'm called to be a minister, not this. He said, what are you called to do? So he's trying to get me something. He just said to me, he's like, you know how to dress. Thank you, Lord. He said, just help them. Don't try to sell them anything. Just make, make them feel like they can look good. Because you got guys coming into these stores that they don't know the difference between black and navy blue. And they want to wear, you know, uh, 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 
black shoes with the wrong color. They want to wear, just because those burgundy shoes you think they look cool, they do not go with your black suit. You know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. And so they're coming in for interviews, to get ready for interviews, because it was a college town. They're coming in for weddings. They're coming in uh, for special occasions, because it's an upper-end store. And so the Lord just dealt with me. I'm talking to you about something along your journey. Just be you. Every day, pay your taxes. <laughs> Every day, you're going off to prayer. Just be normal. The Lord will help you along the way. And he said to me, just help them. I went from number nine and 10 to number one and two every week. Just because I, just because I obeyed the Holy Ghost, he helped me, but I decided all I'm gonna do is try to help you. And that's what I try to do right up here right now. I'm just trying to help you. I'm helping them look good. Spiritually, I'm trying to help you look good. Amen. You're welcome. Your steps are ordered of the Lord. He's prearranged a really good life. When you're submitted to God, the devil's got to go. It's not up to you who you are. Man, there's just so many people that are called to do things. Uh, the medical profession, police officers, firefighters. But in the same way, in, you say, well, I'm just an engineer. I did it to make money. Yeah, but you're helping things. If that's who God made you to be, I joined the military so I wouldn't get in trouble. Yeah, but God got you in there anyway, and then he taught you some things. You know what I'm saying? So there's no thing in your life that's throwaway. I'm grateful for my business background. It helped me more than I could ever dream of in the ministry. But that's my journey. What's yours? And I just would implore some of you, during this season of Christmas, man, you know I'm going to hit this hard this new year. I got, you, I got people on January 1, straight up. And we're having three services. And we're going to be hitting some of this because I just sense there's some green pastures, some still waters. But we've got to make sure we're doing what God has called us to do. And the great thing about God, even if you weren't, you can be. And it'll get you stuff on credit. Amen? And I think that's what irritates some people. I've been served, like the, you know, the prodigal son, the, the, the other brother, called the other brother syndrome. You know, he, he was the religious one, and he did there, and he thought he was doing everything he's supposed to do, but he wasn't having his good life. And the son comes home, he, he repents one time, and suddenly we're throwing parties for him. And it made the other guy who was around, but not really had a right heart, and really wasn't really wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing either. So you, that is the great thing about God. I don't recommend doing whatever you want to do and then repenting every first of the year and then trying to get in the plan of God. It's best to live that way all year round. But when people do repent, it's just like God, he's ready to get them where they need to go. He's good that way. Amen. 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 